0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast, where our mission is to provide woodworking education for all levels and all types of woodworkers. To find out more about the Modern Woodworkers Association, visit us on the web at modernwoodworkersassociation.com or follow us on Twitter at NWA underscore national. Now to our host, Tom Iovino, Deami Palatke, and yours truly, Chris Adkins.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to this, the 70th, I can't believe they've had us on for this long, edition of the Modern Woodworkers Association online discussion about all things woodworking. Today's special guest is Carly Eisenberg, but before we get to her, let me introduce our usual panel of suspects. I'm Tom Iovino of tomsworkbench.com, and I'll be your host to the program. Joining me from icy Atlanta, Georgia, is Chris. How you doing, Chris?
0: (laughs) I'm good, Tom. We're uh, we're having a bit of a struggle tonight because I uh, I stayed in the office a little too late and uh, haven't made it home, so we're we're kind of improvising. But uh, I'm doing good otherwise. Yeah,
1: that's part of the reason why the audio quality is going to be like really bad. The guest is awesome. But as like everything else in our show, the three hosts really leave a lot to be desired. And tonight, the audio will leave some to be desired as well. So so the guests, awesome. It. Everything else is just going to be like a nosedive right into the ground. So, so I, see, I see Atlanta. You stayed too late. Now you're just totally hosed. I'm sorry, Chris. It's the way yep. it works. No, you got well. it. It's, it's winter in Atlanta these days. And uh, joining us from snowy and, I believe, somehow sub-zero uh, Long Island, New York, we've got Yami Plaki. Yami, how you doing?
2: I'm doing well, Tom. It was actually above freezing today.
1: For the first time since when? August?
2: Uh, Mid-February.
1: Mid-February? Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. By the way, I'm in my 77.5 degree uh, shop here today. You know I'm what? You say today. that to make us jealous. It no, shouldn't be 77 there.
2: degrees on March 3rd. It's just not right.
1: Oh, well, when you live in the Tampa Bay area, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Okay, so uh, since we know Chris isn't in his shop, Chris, what is actually at your shop?
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, so my wife um, my wife comes up to me the other day, and she says, Hey, uh, my friend Becky, uh, a lady that she takes us with, she says she's coming to your shop this weekend to use your table saw. <laughs> oh, okay. sorry, what they, does that mean? Aware, so
1: they, they 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 are aware that like table saws can remove fingers.
0: Yeah. So so her, okay. so her friend <laughs> Becky shows up and and, uh, and she had she had some oak hardwood flooring that she had two little cabinets that she wanted to make countertops with this flooring and she had already kind of glued it up and uh, it it was a project but we we basically put a substrate on the bottom of it, banded the whole thing, cut it all down, and uh, I don't know, it it turned out kind of neat. It's different.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it is kind of fun. Was it pre-finished, you?
0: No, it wasn't pre-finished. It was sand in place. So, uh, so, you know, we did, uh, she'd already glued it up, done a pretty good job of getting it flat and glued up, but I wanted to put something on the bottom just to kind of hold it a little more together, and then it needed to be, you know, banded once it was all together. So, uh, and then we, you know, put a. She wanted a light stain on it, so we ended up, which I'm not a fan of, but we did that and put an old finish light, on it. A light
2: stain on the oak. Was she trying to like bring the oak almost like bleach it, or just darken it only a little bit?
0: She just wanted to darken it a little bit, put a little color to it. Turned out pretty neat. I'll um, grab a picture of it, and she said she was going to be putting in place on her. It was for her sister's house, so. Uh, so she's supposed to take a picture of it and send it to me, so I'll post it so when that, she does. Will
1: it be expecting that some cool. time in the next, what, six or seven years?
0: Six, seven, eight years maybe.
1: Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay, good. I'm, so, I'm glad to see right around the turn. Of so that, that
0: was my unexpected uh, weekend woodworking project. It was on the fly. Hey, hey
1: there's hey, nothing wrong it's with t-
2: that. It's time in the shop. Yeah, man.
0: What about you guys,
2: Jami? Hey, hey. you know well, uh, it's been a while, so let's – I uh, went to the woodworking shows, I think it was last weekend. It might have been the weekend before. That was a great time. Spent some time hanging out with uh, Andy Chidwick and Chuck Bender. We talked about Tom yeah. doing the um, Stevie Wonder impersonation. It was yes. a really nice time. And I, I, I was talking to Wilbur Pan there, and he – it was his idea. i got to give him all the credit. He told me to take the kids over to the Mid-Atlantic Turners. So I was there with, with two of my three sons, and they both got to make pens. So now my six-year-old and my nine-year-old have more experience on a lathe than I do. And they were both really, really happy to do it and really excited. And Wesley in particular, my six-year-old, was just, he, he did more pit turning than Stephen did. Um, Stephen was all hand over hand with an experienced guy. Wesley just kind of grabbed the, the tool and, and went to it and did a great job. So that was just really exciting to see them make the pens and really enjoy it. Um, nice. Actually, in the shop, I've been kicking around this trophy I have to make my friend Dave since it's probably almost a year. And I've finally done a bit of work on it, done some prototyping. So I threw a picture in the show notes. What we're going to do is a traditional trophy stand, which is three tiers. And I'm going to use um, beer bottles, painted gold, to make them as tacky as possible as the pillars. And I'm going to make little triangle shelves out of probably walnut, though I was just toying with maybe doing it out of Purple Heart because I have some Purple Heart kicking around. Um, and on the very top is the mug from the tavern where he plays fantasy football. So, this is going to be their fantasy football trophy. That'll be the next actual project going on in the shop. And I was apparently really pissing people off on Twitter with this last week, so I figure I should uh, memorialize it here in the podcast. Is last weekend, oh, last oh. Thursday and Friday, I saw both Slater Kenny shows, and everyone should have. That was a fantastic concert.
1: There, there, there we go. Just, just back to a moment. This, this yes, fantasy sir. football thing. I understand, uh-huh. you know, the whole concept. But people used to laugh at me in high school for playing Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and now it's like this is like D and D for jocks. It's, 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 you know, it's it's like all the all the charm of double, you know, of like long form statistics and, and bookkeeping, and I, you know, I, I just I just can't get into it. Maybe it's just I moved on to woodworking. Well, I don't. Know, I, you guys party on, man! Party I on share your video. lack of
2: getting into it. I don't. I don't follow it really any sports myself except for rallying. But it's an opportunity to build a trophy. So why not? And, and,
1: and there you go. And, and there you go. The uh, now. Now, what's, what's going on, on in your shop? What's going on in my shop? I just finished a project. I'm in. I'm in that moment where where you're, you you just had that that, that that moment of, of triumph. Um, this past Saturday, Ronda and I actually put finish. On the queen size bed that I built, uh, the storage. Are bed, you taking got, credit for what she did? Didn't Rhonda put the finish on? She put. I said she put the finish on it. I didn't say. You I said, said you I built. Her. She put the finish on it. Okay. Oh, okay. So just remember that. So what happened was, you know, we, we actually got to the point where it was complete, which was which was you know very odd for a project <laughs> coming out of my shop because there's always that moment where you get like the ninety seven percent and you're like, yeah, I'll get to those last three percent. You have four projects down the line. So it was good to actually see something actually get to that state of completion where we're done with it. And i got to tell you, the bed looks really nice, real simple shaker-style headboard, storage. You know, in Florida, there's no basement. They're called indoor swimming pools. So, you know, actually having some storage in the house to put some additional things to store things worked out really good. So I'm really, really excited about this. Um, You know, now I can move on to the next project, which is my niece, 16. I know she doesn't listen to the podcast. Maybe she should start, but <laughs> oh, she will. Oh she oh, she will now. Um, but I've got to get that. Uh, I've got to get that. Uh, hope chest done for her. So uh, it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be the next big project moving through the shop. So now,
0: um, Can I go our, back to bed for a second? Our only no. listener, Tom Will tell her.
1: Yeah, my my mom will tell my niece. So to be <laughs> <Yeah>. perfect. So <laughs> um, that's, that's the best part about it. Yeah, yes, sir. When we you last know. spoke
2: of the bed, you were going to finish it in place in the room, and it, yes, watch, we did the blog. I saw you did that.
1: How did it work out? It worked out actually surprisingly well. Um, the beauty about it was we were able to tape off the floor, uh, and we used a water-based finish. Um, it was an all-in-one, so it had a water-based uh, polyacrylic kind of thing with, uh, with stain in it, and it worked out well. And what I did was uh, I took the – we had those little drawers they'd pull out that serve as nightstands. Um, mm. and I pulled those out. And I put two or three coats of uh, of, of the, uh, just a clear polyacrylic on them and sanded down between and um, because I just wanted to make sure I floated on really nice out here in the shop, and I had better control over it. Um, and I stand okay, in between so the coats. On the bed, it did you well. stand in between coats? Um, no, we only put one coat on. And it actually did a great job. It covered very well. So I was, I was pleased as punch. I couldn't have been any happier. It couldn't have been any better. I was ecstatic. I cried. I laughed. It was better than cats. It was outstanding.
0: Please. Now I
1: can sleep. I like that you wrote that in the notes. Tom can now sleep. This is, this is good stuff. So it has been a while since we recorded, hasn't it, guys?
0: It has. A couple
1: weeks. Yeah, a few weeks. Okay, and it was this big event that somebody ran called Get Woodworking Week. Yeah, who ran that? I don't know. Whoever the guy was, he's a moron. I'm telling you. He's a moron. He's a full-on moron. (laughs) Um, But tell us a moron. Yeah, tell us about the Moron. Tell us about the Moron and his full-on efforts. Um, Get Woodworking Week, for those of you who know or don't or who care or don't, um, is an effort to get people off the sidelines and out into their shops uh, to to give woodworking a try. Maybe it's been a long time since you've done it. Maybe you've never done it in the past and you wanted to give it a go. Um, So the idea is to get woodworkers to encourage people to come to their shops or maybe talk about it, you know, with a a group of kids, things like that. So... um, there were a few uh, blog posts that came out. Um, Shannon Rogers, uh, who just celebrated his birthday yesterday, by by golly, did a, a piece that actually came out of Wood Magazine. A really simple bent, really cool looking bent lamination clock. Um, just talked about how simple it was just to get a small project like that under your belt. Something you could you could tackle. I uh, can knock out in a weekend. You know, with just a limited t- a set of tools, and it really looks cool. So that was kind of a, that was one of those inspirational kind of you know you can do this kind of posts. And then our friend uh, Tom Clippinger uh, with the American Craftsman Workshop, um, he really had a nice philosophical piece about getting out there in the shop and really just the fact that it takes a little bit of practice and a little bit of guts. You know, you got to go out there, you got to do it just like anything else. You want to learn to play guitar, you want to learn how to drive a car, you want to learn how to do anything. It just takes a little bit of practice, a little bit of effort, and you could be doing anything you want to. And just a really nice. Uh, really nice piece. Uh, just, uh, just mm-hmm. really looked good. You know, to, to to see that kind of effort. We had all kinds of articles come in over at my blog. I've got the I've got the uh, links to all of them. Just some great, you know, just some great articles came in. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Father Tom uh, uh, did a uh, uh, did works Monkworks. He did something on a little. Okay. Like he made a plane out of plywood, which was wild. Um, you know, so he made this little uh, uh, little uh, block plane out of plywood, which was really cool. Um, so, you know, we had, we had an opportunity to try out some really new things and, you know, get some people involved. So I was, I was happy to see the effort. You know, next year we'll just do it again. We'll see if we get more folks involved. Now, what?
2: how many years has it been, though, Tom? Is this the third it's year? It's
1: been four. This is the fourth. Okay.
2: Wow. Time flies.
1: So, so I mean, it was, you know, it, again, you know, the story is that all, all good stories started off at a bar late at night and everybody drunk. And, uh, and angry, was, I believe. Well, it wasn't angry, it was it was kinda of puzzled, you know, the discussion well, I, went to I, I no was there, I
2: was at that table time. I think there was a little bit of uh was a, frustration yeah, with I mean, the powers that be
1: Yeah, but it was it was kinda of like, you know, why is woodworking dying? What are we gonna to do to save the craft? And it was a lot of, you know, people just sitting around just griping about, you know, how it's going away and that's it, it's gonna be gone and we just said, Look, we gotta do something so this is my humble effort, hopefully, to uh, you know, hopefully to get things going and uh, you know maybe get some more folks out there. And you know, uh, you know, hey, if we if we got two, three, four people around the country out to a shop, hey, that's four, you know, two, three, four people who never would have done it before. So I'm Absolutely. Just happy about that. So you know, I mean, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it one thing at a time. All right.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Okay. Well, I'm gonna bring us back to Todd Clippinger's American Craftsman Workshop blog because uh, mm-hmm. he was talking about the makers by the handmade movement and it's a it's a show that's coming out on Vimeo and I apologize as of February 9th it was coming out it may have come out already I haven't checked this since I put this in the show notes it's going to be a show about people who make things by hand of all, of all ways to do it so Todd's fairly discerning and I trust his eye if he says it's going to be an inch
1: we, yeah, Deanna, we you kind of cut out thing. there for a second. Carly's laughing at us because of our technical difficulties. This is great. <laughs> our, our guest is going to have so much fun when she comes on. We're going to be poking fun at her the entire time. This is gonna be great. <laughs> She's going to love every single minute of it. This is not did it an Ellen show, is it, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, Deanna, Sh- continue, yes.
2: Yeah, okay. Shannon had a post on, uh, on February 5th called What If Your Shop Were Much Bigger? I found it really interesting because Shannon's shop is the same as mine. They're both microscopic. We approach our shops a bit differently, as many of you may imagine, but he was just talking about what he would do with a big shop, and it was a nice discussion around shop size and how you make the most of it and you grow into anything. So that was a very good post on Renaissance Woodworker. And then finally, um, Dave Nofts on January 30th had a post about uh, called The Time Machine, and he just went back and reflected on a curved front de- desk he just finished up and he talks about how having spent months making it, each different component has different memories and tied to it about what was going on at the time and what he was doing and how it was made. And it was just a very reflective post about the significance and the emotional tie you get to a piece as you reflect back on it. And frankly, I could read Dave's posts all days. I think he should re- just write a philosophy book about woodworking.
1: You know there are some people who can do that. Obviously yeah. not me, but you know there are some people who can do that, and they really you know they, they, they delve deep, deeply into the emotion that goes along with the, with woodwork. So and, uh, you know we we've talked about some really incredibly meaningful pieces over the years that uh, you know for instance Mark building the uh, the. Uh, the the, the uh, little internment box for his uh, uncle uh, mm. recently, and, uh, you know, just Mark Spagnuolo, and just, you know, the the, the, uh, the emotion that went into that, that really, you know, you, you start to find out, you know, what these pieces mean to people. So it's so it's really, really a big deal. Um, Absolutely. Hey, what's, yeah. so what's going on? Going on in the MW Dan has a blog, and it's about time. Dan Westfall?
2: <laughs> Dan Westfall, that's right.
1: So tell us all about his blog. <laughs> well, his
2: blog is at Westfall Woodcraft. Uh, W-E-S-T-F-A-L-L Woodcraft.com And he's got, I don't know, three or four posts now. I hope that he's not just um, going gangbusters with the exuberance of starting a blog and doesn't fade out. Dad's got to pace himself a little bit and keep the content up. But they're, they're interesting posts about how the woodworking fits into his life and what he does and doesn't do in woodworking. And I enjoy that because I'm not tremendous fan of a... I just made this, and here's exactly how I did it. And follow these steps. And while a lot of my posts talk about what I made, I try to be vague in terms of the exact actual steps. And Dan's talking more about the way they, that woodworking falls into his life than specifically making many things. Um, and I thought that was cool, and just the fact that you know he he's doing more in the community and starting a blog, I thought was absolutely worth mentioning.
1: Well, you know, I mean, hey, more voices out there, more people getting involved. This is the way it's going to work. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna find more people who are gonna appeal to more folks, and before you know it, we're gonna have a lot more people like our guests. Speaking <laughs> and, of our guests. And who would our
2: guest be, Tom? Speak, Why don't you do introduce You
1: about our guest. I'd love to introduce you all to Carly Eisenberg. You know, we're, we're, we think we're famous, right? Chris yes. Diami, you know, we, we think uh, we're uh, famous. This lady was on a show hosted by Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, <laughs> come on. We're idiots. We're like small, like microscopic. This lady is like up there in the, in the upper stratosphere. One of these days we hope to get there to that level. Carly, how are you doing?
3: I am fantastic. How are
1: you? Oh, just lovely. Thank you for asking. You know, it's good for you to see, you know, the people are way up on Mount Olympus to ask the small people how to do it. Well, Carly, welcome to the Modern Rupert Association. Let, let's talk a little bit about the show. The show. Well, well, I mean, what's the experience like? How'd you get in? Well, come on,
3: come on, spill uh, the beans. It all started about a year ago. Um, I got an email from a production company, or I think it was actually like a talent search type of company, saying that they were doing a furniture show and they wanted me to be on it. And I was like, "Heh, no, I know that's a scam." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I figured out that it wasn't, and I went through the process. And you know, what was it, like six months later, they're flying me out to LA, and I'm, you know, get to meet Ellen, and I'm in. The midst of five other fantastic designers, well, Katie, I knew, I've been in the midst of her before, but she won, so she's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> well, she's
2: proven it. Let's just well, say that. Yeah. Let's talk about before you got
3: that uh, email
2: from the talent search company. Um, having watched the show and talked, you talked, to, I think it was mentioned that you went to RISD, yeah. um, the Rhode Island School of Design for people who don't know RISD, right? That's what RISD stands yeah. for? Okay. <laughs> um but talk about how you got into design at all, and if I, having read your bio, you were interior design, then got into furniture design—is that right?
3: It, it kind of all kept cycling back in on each other. Um, I actually was at RISD my freshman year and then transferred. But my freshman year, when I was eighteen, was the first time I got really got introduced to furniture and to woodworking. And okay. a little kid's bent lamination chair, which, when you've never done working woodworking for, is
1: kind of stupid to do. <laughs> 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 you all have to start so. somewhere, you know. I mean, come on. Uh,
3: multi-banded bent lamb is not the place to start.
0: <laughs> Probably not a good start. i from that.
3: Um, But, so after my freshman year, I actually transferred to Miami, Ohio, and went into interior design. But they had a fantastic uh, woodworking shop in the basement, and I just kind of went straight down there and never left. And so it's been almost 10 years that I've been woodworking, and it's about a year and a half that I've been metalworking. Is that all?
2: Yeah. Now, most... Am I right that the majority of what you do outside of the show, what you're doing on your own, is mostly metalworking these and, days?
3: And the time of, at the time of the show, I had been blacksmithing for about nine or ten months, so I really had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I just started making stuff up.
1: Well, you know, Carly, there's <laughs> an expression called, fake it till you make it. <laughs> so... <laughs>
2: There's a there's a lot to be said for not knowing.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You show the confidence you can actually do it. So I'm living proof, it so's the army. So. <laughs> what about Chris? Well, yeah, wait, he, he's already known it all. Don't worry about it.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's
1: right. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so now you're in this con- now. Okay, now now. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Okay, so you you've been doing this stuff. Now you're you got nine months at the forge. You got about ten years working woodworking. You, you get the call. You go out. You do the audition. They love you. They they, they think you're, you're you're totally marvelous. You're kicking butt all over the place. So now, what's it like? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you get a chance, you know, to work with a designer. Normally, you kind of take your time when you're working on a piece. You know, you make sure you plan everything out. But now you're working under a time pressure, and there's a judge at the end. Right, well, how does that change your dynamic?
3: Um, it was all really rushed. I mean, the first Project. I think we had forty-eight hours to design and build and put finish on and everything. It was slightly absurd, um, but I took the advantage of not actually knowing really what I was doing in the forge, quote
1: unquote. Um, <laughs> again, again, you're gonna have to have this, you know, like banged out in letters. You know, may fake it till you make it. You know. <laughs>
3: But I had never worked with tubing before, so I thought the best, you know, way to go about it was to just start hitting it until it looked pretty.
1: <laughs> I that's, I that's exactly what my wife told me after we started dating. That's a perfect plan. <laughs> she just hit me until I started looking pretty. It was great. I there's a better way to make it look pretty. So
3: challenge uh, <laughs> one, I really honestly didn't make a design. I just. Twisted up some steel, and then I was like, I need to make some wood top for it. So I, you know, laminated that up and cut it out into some organic shape. And hey, they liked it, so
1: <laughs> you right. moved on. I mean, <laughs>
3: it was pretty. I've actually gotten orders for that table.
0: Uh, <laughs> isn't
1: that the way it always works?
3: Hey, it's organic.
1: Yeah, seriously. I wonder if Jackson Pollock was actually just cleaning his paintbrushes and he just they're <laughs> all masterpieces. Makes you wonder sometimes, doesn't it?
3: He actually has um, cigarette ashes in some of the paintings, just because he was chain smoking.
1: Lean over you' yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so now you're out there, you're 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 banging the crap out of the tubing, you're laminating up the top, you know, you got all this stuff going on. I mean, now you got to get judged. Yeah. I mean, you know. You know, obviously, you know, if you're going to build a piece for the commission, the the person who's buying it is obviously going to judge. You know, you're going to say, okay, you know, here's my money, or you really blew the design. But then you're going to get judged on TV in front of this live, you know, like in front of this enormous TV audience. I mean, what's going through your head at that point?
3: I mean, I thought I was slightly prepared because uh, critiques at RISD are pretty harsh. Mm-mm. But, yeah, nothing like <laughs> the judging on that show. I tried so hard to please them with every single challenge and I just, I was like, I I wasn't going home for most of it, but I couldn't get in the top two for the life of me. They would not let me there. (laughs) How how was the judging
2: in person versus the edited version we all saw?
3: Well, judging ran anywhere from about 15 minutes to a half an hour and they edited it down to about 45 seconds.
2: Okay, so um, does that mean it was a little bit more well rounded than what was shown, or
3: it depends. Some of them were just like I remember I was going through it, and then we actually got to watch other contestants get judged, and we were sitting there going, What are they saying? like what no, you were so wrong. <laughs> like what is going <laughs> on? but um, for example, the what was it my the my elimination couch.
2: The, the lovely couch that I think everyone agrees was the nicest couch.
3: Yeah. The, the way they edited it made it look like they hated my couch. Made it look like it was an awful couch and nothing was right. The funny thing was, that was about the only negative things they said of the 20-minute critique. <laughs> the rest of it, oh, wow. they loved it. They thought that the shape was wonderful. They thought that that little cocoon was perfect, and it was great proportions and all this kind of stuff. And then, chop, 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 chop. chop negatives. So, I mean... Well, wait, wait, till you hear what,
2: wait till you
0: hear what gets published from this recording when Chris is done. <laughs>
3: oh,
0: that's right. I, I take everything but the bad out. So it's oh, gone. <laughs> no, um... So, so did you find that a lot I mean was there a lot of things that that happened through that I mean I I mean, I can imagine you're spending so much time doing that that you know they're really trying to go through and cut the entertaining parts of it out um, right. you know I mean, the show so
3: Jeff and I are always entertaining so that was that must have been hard for them to edit down um,
0: <laughs> They wanted like, to take it I all of course I
3: really really wish they had put in it was pretty fantastic I don't know if any of the listeners remember or watch this but there uh, was a designer, Leslie, who was really mm-hmm. fighting with her carpenter, David, and uh, there was one point where the camera was facing into the shop filming them, and so Jeff and I like started to dance behind them,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> just making fools out of ourselves, and of course they cut that, but that would have been hilarious. Of course
1: it would have been. Well, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's not just it's not just what you do or what you say; it's how you interact with them with the camera, and that that really is a big part of it. And that's you know, I mean, you, you, obviously, I, I don't know, Deami, is this going to be an audio only or is this going to be a video podcast? But but but, Carl, you're, you're like you're like animated, which is great. You know, not like crazy animated like me. You're (laughs) animated, which is great. Obviously I can see that's part of the allure of bringing you onto television, more than just, you know, what you can do with your hands. It's how you play with the camera, how to interact with the camera, how you interact with the with the designer. I mean there's a lot to be said about the presence. I mean, do you think that was one of the real deciding factors to getting you up onto the show?
3: Honestly, it might have been I mean, I'm I'm goofy, I'm blunt. I'm probably one of the only ones who actually spoke my honest opinion about a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but that's who I am. I mean, I'm not gonna keep things in for the most part, but you know, being a five foot two little tiny twenty six year old female blacksmith doesn't hurt either. No, I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> there you go. I mean, but it
2: must really set you apart from all the five foot six female twenty six year old blacksmiths. I mean, yeah, I mean, five foot
1: yeah. we know about it. Yeah. We know, we know all those five foot six blacksmiths get together. They go out to drink. They talk about the shorter ones. I'm telling you, it happens all every weekend. That's what happens.
3: <laughs> my favorite thing before the show, when they were like prepping up my forge area, which you know was in the alley beside the wood shop, um, in Los Angeles. Okay. In, Los Angeles, in August. Okay. They called me and asked me what height I wanted my anvil at, and I told them. And they called me back. They're like. You want us to cut five inches off the stand? I'm like <laughs> yes. I am very little. I don't think you understand how <laughs> tiny I am. Can't we just build a five foot inch tall platform me to hop up on or? There um I don't know again if I don't remember what they showed this, but there was a point where I actually had to stand on one of the anvils that I put on the ground in order to reach something else.
1: Yeah, the magic of this TV, you know, this, this is the this is the best part. Now you're now you're in my world. This is this is just great.
3: Oh, I you am know? I'm as rough as it comes, honestly. I'm just, I mean, i again woodworker for ten years. I'm a big part of the furniture society, which is a bunch of old male woodworkers, and you know, mm-hmm. they're my family. I'm I'm gruff.
2: They're a very gruff <laughs> group. A wonderful, amazing group.
3: Yeah, my um, my boyfriend calls me an old man
2: what does that say about him?
3: Uh, exactly <laughs> Tyler, you heard it from him <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, Tommy's already thrown him under the bus. this is not good. this is definitely not good. there's gonna be a fight later. I'll tell exactly what I'm telling you. This is the kind of stuff that makes me worry. so <laughs> so so Carly you know obviously now you've gotten you know a little bit of national exposure we this much national exposure just a teeny tiny bit of national exposure. What are your big plans from here? I mean, is this like, is this like you see like the doors opening? You know, the the, the hear the hear the harps playing, or the the, the clouds billowing everywhere, and, and you're gonna come out now, and you're gonna be like, I don't know, like you know, you see opportunities for you to be like on HGTV and and PBS and all that other stuff. I mean, what do you think?
3: Well, we are still in the very, very, very beginning stages of figuring this out, but there is. A very large chance that there will be a small group of or a small film crew flying from LA to do a sizzle reel to pitch to networks for my own show.
1: Nice, cool, cool. Yeah.
3: yeah. So basically, what the show? Fingers crossed if it goes through. You know, hey, everybody listening, just start calling in networks saying you want to see me. It'll help. <laughs> um, but the show basically would be partially what happened after the show. Um, before the show, I was in a 150 square foot shop that was a lean-to on the side of an old grist mill. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I'm glad. Um, I love it. <laughs> I mean, did Abraham Lincoln split the rails for this place? I mean, what what's going on? I mean, <laughs> um,
3: so but after the show, I moved to Asheville and moved into a big co-op, which is basically what this would be about of you know my growth and then. This co-op itself, we're gonna we're gonna pitch it to different networks. But I'm saying now, if any network wants us, it's gonna be Spike, because we are not clean people. I think,
1: like, with your language, correct?
3: Grease language,
1: whatever you want to call it. Uh, wunderbar, okay, Wunderbar. You probably fit in beautifully in PBS. So It'll be great if you've ever seen Roy Underhill. You'll know exactly what we're getting at, because he spills blood everywhere. Um, you know. I, Carly, I'm going to have to ask you the obvious question, you okay. know, and duh, you know, duh. 26-year-old female, not typically, like you said, fitting the mold of the woodworker that we picture in our heads when people think they're going to turn on the TV, they're going to see a woodworking show. What's been people's reaction to what you do?
3: Honestly, I've always gotten a really good reaction out of the people. Um, I during the- In your
1: long 26-year life.
3: Um... <laughs> Hey, I've been woodworking for almost
1: ten Since years you're 16. now. That's, that's I can do the math. I was an life. English major. <laughs>
3: um, but no, I joined the furniture society when I was twenty, and I was I was the baby. They literally, um, Alf Sharp, who was was the president at the time or president right after then, they have adopted me into their family. Like I am their child. <laughs> you know it. I am I am definitely the baby, but everybody's really cool and really supportive, and they get a kick out of it. And I, I know what I'm doing for the most part. Well, you I know what you're doing you as much it. as
2: they do, and they think just get till you make
3: it. I actually I don't know if this is gonna be a video thing, but even if it, I don't want to drag it all the way over here, but the last no, big not. woodworking piece that I did was a 16 or 17th century inspired uh, French puzzle cabinet.
2: Oh wow! What yeah. be wrong? Right, like, Chris, it, it will be. It will be. Yeah. It's actually, right. it's, it's 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 live right now.
3: Oh. I know, well, just... hold on two seconds. You guys keep talking.
2: Yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll continue. Are you are you saying it's not Chris? Because I'm the one actually publishing this. Because your laptops at home.
0: Uh. uh yeah. But it, it won't go on to the uh, the normal podcast. It's still audio. Oh yeah.
3: Because I'm cool like this, and this was sitting in my closet.
1: Here you We're go. She's going to drag it <laughs> Ta-da! That's cool. We, 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 you see, the problem is there's not enough show-and-tell <laughs> our <laughs> podcast. Audio podcasts tend to lack show-and-tell. What can I tell you? <laughs> Look, I'm holding a piece of wood. I'm a woodworker. Check it out. Look at the beautiful piece I've built. We have to show it in the notes. Okay. But but again, I mean that's really cool. I mean that people have accepted you in, it. you know, it, this is big stuff. I mean, you know, this is exciting stuff. I mean, yeah. get woodworking weeks and years past. I've always, you know, bemoaned the fact that a lot of women were steered away from woodworking, who probably had some incredible talent. But you know, home ec is the girls' class. You take that yeah. shop is the boys' class, and it's it's great to see somebody working what they work on well.
3: Yeah, I found that. Women have a lot... Uh, don't take this offensively.
1: That's okay. I, 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 don't, I don't get offended easy.
3: A lot better attention to detail. And they're more patient. Really? So When it comes to woodworking, not oh, a <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, everything.
3: No, everything.
2: Yeah, I think we're all married. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. But more, closer attention to detail, how about that?
1: I agree. You know, I I agree. I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's the, it's the kind of thing that's important. It's called for in any craft. I mean, you know, it's the, the, especially when you get down to the fine, I and mean, you know, I mean, it, this isn't a new discovery that you're bringing up. I mean, you know, during World War II, I know women were brought into you know, uh, uh, setting the uh, the fine gears for the Norton bomb sites, finely meshed mechanical because they had the better dexterity, they had the better eye for the for the way that things went together. Yeah. So this isn't like a brand new concept. I mean, this is something that's actually been out there known for for decades, centuries. That this kind of this kind of uh, skill exists. So this is good. I mean, I'm just I'm just glad to see that you know, in 2015, nobody's saying, well, this isn't your thing. I'm glad to see you're doing it because I see the stuff you build. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. And you're gonna turn around and slap me. It
1: looks like that's what's gonna happen here in a minute. <laughs>
2: You'll have to give Chris a tour when he's up in the area so we can there you uh, go. Can and
3: right. I actually the the co op I'm in now is it's great because I have my metal shop. Uh, one of the guys in there has a wood shop so I can go over there and do my woodworking, hop over, do some glass blowing. It's like my own little heaven.
1: That's very cool. Glass blowing too?
3: Oh I've been doing glass blowing since I was yeah, eighteen.
2: It's it's my impression that you're not allowed to go to RISD if you don't do glass blowing. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, you got to dabble. No, glass blowing was my major
1: my freshman year. Okay. what, now, what, what, what am I doing wrong? What, why don't <laughs> I have a forge outside in the back? Why don't I have a forge out there?
0: So, Thomas, so because so we both went to Eng- we both that, majored you know, in
2: English, Tom. That was oh, our our mistake. <laughs> you're
0: in you're in Asheville now, and you know obviously you know I I don't know that all the listeners you know kind of know the Asheville area, but you know Asheville's just this huge just area for you know art and and just this upcoming T- tell us about how you got to Asheville um and and kind of your experience and what you've learned there
3: um so I was actually in Boone, which is only two hours up the mountain, and yep it there's a small artist community there, but it wasn't thriving like Asheville is. There's a place in Asheville called the River Arts District, which I'm mean, my shop's only a mile outside of that, but just yeah. hundreds and hundreds of extremely talented artists, and everybody's up for a collaboration. Everybody's up to help everyone else. So it seemed like the place I really needed to be. Okay. So once I got here, I've been here for six months now. I literally moved here two weeks after I got back from filming. It is definitely a one-of-a-kind place. It is filled with the best food and the best art on the face of the well, not planet, maybe North Carolina, because no, um.
1: <laughs> those people at Paris, the Louvre, you know, they they, they tend to disagree with everything. <laughs> that's great. what I'm but saying. They don't count.
3: Um, no, but it's it is absolutely fantastic. It's beautiful. I actually posted up on Twitter today my view from my the back of my shop, and it yeah. we're above the river and it drops down straight to the French Broad, looks over the skyline of Asheville, behind it is the mountains, it's just, it's a phenomenal place to be.
0: Sure. Nice. Yeah, it's it's definitely beautiful up there, so.
3: So, Carly. And I have, like, 12 very, very talented artists just in my co-op, so.
1: See, that's right. the best part, you know, it's like you can, you can collaborate. Yeah.
3: Yes, yeah, that's,
2: that's frankly, on some level, that's why we do this, because we all have day jobs and work alone in our shops and I think that community around any type of art it just it fosters you and it, it, it motivates you and it keeps you going and to work with that day in and day out has to be wonderful
3: or distracting
1: that's true but
3: because the bell rings and the beer comes out at 4
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm done so Carly you got all your work done early in the day I see yeah. and then by 4 o'clock it's all over absolutely <laughs> pretty much i'm glad to hear that okay good a lady with her priorities in order carly we're, we're getting close to the end here i've got one last question Go for it. no no i have
2: a last question you don't know okay. what the last question is tom well
1: i've got a last question okay. tell what, what do you want to tell our view what do you want to tell our viewers god nobody can see an audio podcast what do you want to tell our listeners I mean, what, what what's the one word of advice 26 year old five foot two blacksmith woodworking 16 years I mean, you you picked up a hammer when you were like 2 years old and you were banging you you're putting together the Mona Lisa in wood scraps. What, what what do you want to tell what do you want to tell our folks?
3: If you're really old, it's never too late. If you've got kids who seem like they're interested, foster it. Don't try to make them a doctor. It doesn't work. Just let them be an artist, let them build stuff. And if you're my age, I'm sorry you're not going to pay the bills. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Just saying, I you was on be, TV and I still can't pay the bills.
1: You 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 don't seem to be living under under an overpass though. That's a good thing though, isn't it? Uh, I'm scraping by. There we go. You see, you're not living under an overpass. This is yeah. it, You see, it's a step up right there. I got a roof. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Deami, go right ahead. What's your last All question?
2: Right. Now, Carly, I uh, unbeknownst to my two co-hosts here, I emailed you a picture earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That's a picture of, of Chris, who is not showing video on this because he didn't bring his camera with him. Now, tell me, is Chris a complete oh, gosh. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase this. Tim, your your fellow contestant, uh-huh. is a doppelganger for Chris.
3: A little bit. They were
2: they
1: were per- twins separated at birth, correct?
3: I mean, but that yeah. also means that you're a twin with George Michael.
0: <laughs> we gotta have
3: faith. I I actually That's have funny. a video clip of Tim singing "Gotta Have Faith."
0: How funny! Well, Chris, yeah, why did not you actually get two comments? Yeah. I never even saw the the show at the time, and uh, yeah, do what, me?
2: I, I was going to ask you to relay the the tale of your wife's friend.
0: Well, yeah, you'd said something about it. And then, like, two days later, my wife goes to school. She's a school teacher. And and one of the girls she teaches with came up and said, Does your husband have, like, a really close relative that's on the Ellen Show? <laughs> no.
3: Now, honestly, when you first saw me the picture, I looked at it. And I did look at him. I was like, Why is there a steel box in zebra wood? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's actually, it's an urn.
3: Okay. That makes it's an more sense.
1: Yeah. It makes more sense now. Yes, it yeah. does. We're still trying to make sense of Chris, but that's okay. So is everybody else, Carly, it couldn't have been any more fun having you on tonight. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Now that you know, now we have a real celebrity on. I mean, I feel like somehow we've been vindicated.
3: I still don't. You know, I'm like, I, I still am just a dirty woodworker blacksmith. I'm not a celebrity. <laughs>
1: It's okay, we'll cut five inches off your anvil stand. Don't worry about it. Hey, you come down, we'll cut five inches off. No problem, No questions asked, okay? Now, Carly,
2: besides um, watching uh, Ellen's Design Build and the future shows you're going to have, where can our listeners and viewers find out more about you?
3: Um, I've got Twitter. Uh, it's, my handle is Carly underscore I-M-F, C-A-R-L-E-Y underscore I-M-F. On Facebook, you can look up Iron Mountain Forge, and then there's carlyeisenberg.com. So you've got three ways to follow me.
2: Excellent. Folks folk should follow you everywhere. Yes. Yeah, those views should, are just you what you big, want to see on a snowy afternoon.
1: You've yeah. got a big future in this stuff, I'm telling you. Who's on next week, or in two weeks? Oh, in two weeks, uh, Chad Stanton of Wood Shopping Time. Now with the popular woodworking, I can do that video series. Now, there's another the thing we have going on, our community conversation. There's a voicemail that came in. Can you believe it? From James Coleman. Do you want me to read it or do you want me uh, I think we Sean should make Chris do it. it. Can I do it? Can I do no, it my ahead. voice? Go ahead, can Tom. Go voice? ahead, Tom. I do would it. like to know the difference between polyurethane and lacquer. I kind of know poly takes a good day to dry between coats, and I've been told lacquer takes about 30 minutes. I've never tried lacquer before. Is there a benefit that I should know about? In a cabinet door and cabinet boxes, should I have been using lacquer all these years? Wow, James, excellent question. Okay, tell you a little thing, a little history, a little, little thing about finishes. There are a couple different kinds, okay? Um, the lacquer uh, that we normally talk about is is nitrocellulose lacquer, right? Sure. Who's with me here? Right. Doesn't want to fall asleep on me. Okay. Right. Lacquer ahead, is nitrocellulose John. lacquer, and what happens is it's it's actually stuff that's from cotton. Okay, it's actually nitrocellulose, and what happens is it's 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 um, dissolved in the lacquer thinner, and what happens is you spray that stuff on, the lacquer thinner evaporates you can't brush on lacquer, the brush would stick. You couldn't brush on, now, there's a brushing lacquer but it's heavily modified stuff. When you shoot on lacquer, it does dry very quickly. You get a couple of problems sometimes. You can get a little orange peel, that's because it's spitting out too much liquid or you, get a, or you get blushing if it's a really humid day. Like down here in Tampa Bay during the summer, it's really difficult to spray lacquer. The good thing about lacquer is it dries like nobody's business. So you can sand that stuff out and then shoot it again. You kind of build up layers. Coats, of it. Coats layers of it. So you're out there building the stuff up. You can do that. It stinks the holy heck. I'm telling you, this stuff is like ugh bad. Polyurethane, okay, is a congealing kind of. And what it does is it kind of kind of congeals together as it as it cures. And it does it's mostly oil. It's actually polymerized oil. So what happens is that does build a very really tough film coating. Now the difference between lacquer and the major difference that you have to think about it between lacquer and poly is polyurethane creates a very abrasion resistant surface in order to have the second coat stick to the first coat you have to mechanically sand you have to actually physically sand to get scratches in it so you can brush on another coat of poly to get it to adhere to the first one when you shoot the lacquer on the next coat what happens is the lacquer thinner that's in what you're spraying actually dissolves that lacquer that went down first Kind of like what happens with uh, shellac. with a shellac, because the alcohol will dissolve the shellac and it actually bond with it. So in that case, uh, lacquer is actually repairable. Um, so if you do end up with some sort of damage to the, to the finish, you can actually shoot on a coat of lacquer. It will actually melt into the next layer, which is really great. Polyurethane's a lot more durable. Um, you know, it really does well on tabletops. But, again, so is lacquer. I mean, they're, they're both very good. Again, usually you have to spray a lacquer to get a really good coat. So you can do that with an HVLP sprayer or you can do it with, a, a, you know, a, for a small project, a little rattle can. And you could actually spray on or It works really sure. well. So, Tom, great question. Is it? It I would be fair to question. Ooh, Carly, second. yeah, go on, Carly.
3: What's your feeling about Danish oil versus poly? I, I
1: don't, don't, like Danish Danish oil. Oil.
3: Okay, don't like Danish oil. You
1: don't no. Danish oil? No. Danish oil is kind of cool because it's kind of like the doppelganger. It's kind of like it's yeah. kind of like the mystery man. It kind of goes in between. What happens is it's 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 it's. Uh, it's uh, their oil finishes, kind of like boiled linseed oil, they kind of cure, but they really don't cure hard. And then there's polyurethanes, which cure very hard. If you mix the two of them together, what you do, you get Danish oil. So what happens is you can mix the two of them together, which kind of gives you a little bit of that hand-rubbed look, but it does build up a coat, a a protection on it. It's nowhere near as thick as if you brush on. It's nowhere near as protective as if you brush on a straight coat of poly.
3: And it sinks Look, in so it shows the grain better because it's got the oil
1: in it. The oil. Actually, that's what will happen if you, if you just wipe on boiled linseed oil. You'll actually make the grain pop, um, especially figuring something like maple. Um, you know, you get a figured piece of maple, you rub on a, a coat of linseed oil. Now, usually what you'll do is if you want to protect that and keep that grain looking good, you'll brush on that linseed, the linseed oil, wipe it all off, and then let it cure a week at least. And then you could shoot it with lacquer, and it's gonna really have that pop and grain. Or you can do kind of Danish oil. And then once that cures, if you want more protection on the top, like for a tabletop, you could put on another coat of polyurethane. I'm like shell the answer man. This is the shell answer man. This is great. You've uh, you've you've expanded on this
2: question much more than I ever would have guessed. Um, and, Carly, I don't mean to insult your your finish, but I'm a
1: shellac fan. I oh, would uh, shellac.
3: It's
2: yeah. shellac.
1: See, shellac is no. fun, but shellac, you, you know, you can actually get you know, rings in shellac. You can get all kinds of stuff in shellac. You know, it's not as impervious as lacquer. Well, Tom, you know I, mean? I don't like monkeys used by furniture. Oop, oop. Now, Jim Heavey, it's kind of funny because Jim Heavey, you, you know, from Wood Magazine, oh he's going around to the woodworking shows. You talk to him about his finish. He always shoots, he always shoots lacquer because it's repairable. Right. So he, what shoots, he shoots it down, something happens, poof, he shoots it again. Todd Clippinger is a big fan of lacquer too. There we go. But you know, with lacquer, it can explode. You know, your lacquer thinner fumes are explosive. Yeah. So if you're going to put up a little booth, you're going to need a respirator. You're going to need. Uh, you're going to need an explosion-proof fan. You're going to have to filter all that stuff out. I uh, there's a there's a woodworking school down here in Tampa called the Franklin Street School of Woodworking, and to build a special spray booth, which you know anti-explosion fans and filters and all this other stuff. So they can filter out all the lacquer they shoot in a day. So these students come in and shoot lacquer. They're all suited up like they're shooting a car, at and they shoot the lacquer on the projects. And what happens is it's great. It's beautiful finish, but, it's got that problem with that explosive, and it's and it's toxic. So you got to be real careful, you know.
2: What's the problem with with lacquer, Carl? Uh, with excuse me, with shellac, Carly?
1: Well, shellac. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Shellac huh. I see you're huh. tweeting. Yeah, I mean this is good. I like this. This is live tweeting. Now shellac isn't oh. quite as tough as these other. <laughs> uh, what are you doing? Oh, shut up. Okay, enough of you. Are we done? I just wanted to hear why shellac wasn't any good. But I know your shellac. thoughts on shellac, I'm
3: not with shellac, but I oh, swear so by it. Danish oil, unless it has to be a tabletop and then I do a oil.
2: See, I would agree with you, see, you on the tabletop, but I would no, assume you deal with the same humidity issues I get here. I can't get – Danish oil doesn't dry quick enough. If I'm going to use Danish oil, I might as well use something, something thicker and heavier that's going to dr- dry with the same delayed time. I can get 12 I, coats of lacquer on in a day.
3: Yeah, I've used Dana in Naples, Florida. It doesn't get any more hot and humid than that. No. But,
1: I mean, you have to be patient for beauty. Deami isn't patient. Deami's not patient. He went to bed yesterday. He's from New York. Tom, when have I ever finished any
2: furniture yesterday?
1: <laughs> you, you, he's from New York. He can, watch a, he can watch a two-hour movie in 90 minutes. That's where he's from. <laughs> See, that's um, the beauty about the army. He's our new, and then Chris, like, you know, because he's from Atlanta, he could take like, you know, he could take I'm like not, six days and kind of look no, at it and go, so oh, it's nice, nice, what's bit. your heart? I love it, Chris. We love you too, man. It's all good. And here's the Italian guy from New Jersey and Florida. <laughs> Talking finish. i got to stop really, I really have to stop breathing the l Um <laughs> <laughs> And on that note. <laughs> all right. That just we should stuff, do more questions. Oh, yeah. okay, and that just about wraps it up for the show if you're missing us or talk about finish already you can subscribe to the show on iTunes just search for the modern woodworkers association and once you're subscribed you'll be sure to never miss another exciting thrilling finish filled episode um, and while you're on iTunes please be sure to leave us a 5 star rating even if you don't believe we deserve it especially if you don't believe we deserve it because it helps our rank so others can more easily find us if they want.
2: To. And If you want to find more about finishing, be yeah. sure to visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com, follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA, under, MWA on Facebook, or circle, circle Modern Woodworkers Association on Google. While you're there, join the MWA Google Plus community for project sharing, discussion, and loads of woodworking banter.
0: So until next time, I am Chris Atkins of High Rock Woodworking. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at High Rock WW. I'm Diami Plotke of
2: penultimatewoodshop.com, and I'm at Diami Plotke on Twitter. That's D-Y-A-M-I-P-L-O-T-K-E.
1: And I'm resident shop monkey, but I wish it was as famous as Carly Eisenberg, Tom Iovino of Tom'sWorkbench.com, and at Tom's Workbench on Twitter.
0: Until we see you again, we wish you all a happy sawdust. Thanks for listening.